Hello and welcome to Random Encounter 259 or 259. My name is John O'Logan and boy, starting a new year is tough. Um, so I'm, uh, you know, at the beginning of every year, people pick their New Year's resolutions. I'm not a believer in New Year's resolution. It's not something, you know, I find them very difficult to hold on to. Um, but I am a believer in something. If anyone out there listens to the uh, Cortex podcast, um, they have this concept called themes. For, so instead of making a new year's resolution you pick a yearly theme and that like gives you a uh it's, it's almost like a north star so like the year of health instead of like saying i'm gonna lose 20 pounds you would say the year of health so you would like throughout the year your theme would be to make healthier choices um so it's 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 not going to so there's no real fail state to it it's just like kind of a kind of a general idea so this year i was thinking about the year of new opportunities for me and in that spirit, I've been working on my LinkedIn profile and uh, I've never really worked on a LinkedIn profile before. And LinkedIn is like a boring cross between Facebook and OkCupid. It's like, it's like all the boring connections of Facebook with all the rejection of a dating app. And it's just, it, I'm not having, <laughs> I'm not having fun on my LinkedIn profile. Worst social network ever. Um, so yeah, that's how my year is going so far. Um, but it's about to get a whole lot better because I'm on a podcast right now with Audra. Hello. And our fearless leader, Mike. Hello. So uh, out of curiosity, uh, you guys, what is your, do you have a New Year's resolution or a theme uh, for the year thus far? Um, mine's probably healthier eating in general, just trying to portion control a bit more. I'm completely down with that, actually. I like that year of healthy, actually. That's pretty good. The year of health. Yeah. Health. Yeah. Just, you know, think about make health, making healthier choices throughout the year. And that, that's like the guiding light kind of concept. Mm -hmm. I literally have a quesadilla in front of me while we're talking about this. So this is just awful, awful timing. Yours is the year of quesadilla. I mean, to be fair, it's like some chicken and most of it is like roasted and grilled vegetables. So, you know, there's a lot of veggies in it. That's pretty healthy. Um, I don't normally do New Year's resolutions, although now you're making me wish I had one. Um, I think a light resolution in light of them, uh, the pixel remasters coming out on other platforms uh hopefully in a few months is i want to finally say i have played every final fantasy through 10 because most of my gaps are in the first three <laughs> one two three <laughs> and five have eluded me all this time and uh i don't know i would like to just say i've played them at this point finally i did that last year actually that was fun i finally got to play them all yeah they're really good remasters well remakes they're they're repixels. They're they're they are what they are, and they're good at it. And it's boy, it sure is going to be nice when those things come out on a on a, a portable system that's not a Steam Deck. Well, um, we're going to dive right into uh, some games and uh, something that came out last year, but it still has quite a bit of buzz about it. And I really wanted an opportunity to talk about this, but I haven't really gotten the chance to because you know there's been a lot that's been going on with like. Uh, year-end episodes, things like that. So this is my first real opportunity to talk with Audra about uh, a game called Marvel's Midnight Suns. Audra has uh, the review on uh, RPG Fan right now, so if you go to the site, you could probably see it there. And uh, so I'm a, I'm a massive Marvel Marvel Comics fan and MCU fan as well. Uh, and when people think of Marvel Comics, generally they think about superheroes. Uh, but uh, a few, many, many decades ago, uh, it was horror was the name of the game. So like back in the fifties, Atlas comics, which would eventually become Marvel comics, uh, was very, they had a number of very popular and successful horror comics. 
Uh, they were massive. And then, of course, the comics code authority came in and they were not allowed using words like terror or horror in the titles anymore. And they were not allowed, vampires were no longer allowed in comics um, because they were worried about the corruption of youth. <sighs> so uh, Marvel's Marvel kind of started pivoting a little bit more to superhero and a lot of their horror uh, horror monsters started becoming villains in the superhero comics. Um, and all of this thankfully started to relax in the 1970s uh, where finally, uh, you know, Dr. Strange could get a little stranger and the word vampire was no longer required to have the word living before it as in Mobius, the living vampire uh, and horror comics like werewolf by night, uh, the tomb of Dracula and many other horror slash magic focused characters like uh, moon Knight man thing uh, started breaking into the mainstream. Uh, and this continued over the years and it culminated in the 1990s with the publication of a, a team book called Midnight Suns. Uh, that's S-O-N-S. Uh, and this starred a lot of Marvel's uh, more horror-focused heroes like Ghost Rider and Blade. And this team made periodic appearances throughout the Marvel comics in the 90s, 2000s, 2000s, and 10s, but they never really became a mainstream success. Uh, but then a few years ago, Fireaxis Games, who are responsible for games like XCOM and Civilization, started development on a Marvel superhero game that pulled inspiration from the Midnight Suns, except they called it Midnight S-U-N-S, Midnight Suns. Uh, and this was released a few months ago to some surprising surprising rave reviews. And Audra, you recently reviewed this SRPG, so tell me, how how, how is it? It's quite good. I, I've played a, at least two Marvel RPGs, and this is easily my favorite this third one came in under the radar and just became my favorite. What were the other ones? Um, Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 and Marvel's Avengers. Okay, we don't need to talk about that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Avengers. Uh, so yeah, this is it's a Marvel game, but it does have a much more supernatural uh, slant to it than the usual science fiction uh, slant that or crime mm -hmm. slant that a lot of Marvel comics have. That being said... It is a very Marvel property. Like we're not dealing with, there are some more like Blade is in it, for example, and obviously Doctor Strange, and, but there are also characters you'd normally wouldn't associate with Marvel magic and horror, like well, Wolverine or Captain America or Spider-Man for that matter. Yeah. They throw in, I think a lot of, um, I wouldn't say they're safety, mm -hmm. but maybe more popular characters to get people interested in the, in the game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, although there are also a lot of really deep cuts you mentioned in the com, you mentioned in your review that, uh, Bob agent of Hydra is in it. Yes, he is. It is hilarious. It's a one second cameo <laughs> and Spider-Man has to save him. And it's just, it's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's gold. Bob agent of Hydra is, uh, a, a minor supporting character in Deadpool. Um, so I assume there's, there's going to be a lot of deep cuts throughout this game. Yes, they do a lot of just kind of laying the groundwork for the story in general. I like the Agatha plotline in general is just amazingly handled. And Was it her all along? Um, <laughs> oh, sorry. I, I, oh, I, no. genu I genuinely love WandaVision um, and the theme songs in it. Uh, oh yeah, me too. I'm with you. I, I got the reference. Oh, good. <laughs> I got that reference. Um, <laughs> and I got that reference. Um, so, <laughs> Well, you do. There are a lot of Marvel characters in this game. You don't play as any of them as your main protagonist. Uh, who do you play as? You play as an original character that you customize, and they're called the Hunter, or Hunter. It kind of depends on who's addressing them. And they're the um, child of Lilith, who is the mother of demons. 
and serves as the main villain of the storyline. Okay, and uh, what are their powers? Basically, they have like a sword whip, which is an interesting concept. They fight with swords, and they can use like an energy whip. Okay, and cool. And they have, um, if you invest in like light and balanced attacks and abilities, they have um, healing. Okay, um, so in terms of, I'm assuming, like, from just, just looking at the screenshots, I feel like this is uh, much more inspired by uh, the Marvel comic book universe, uh, 616, than the Marvel cinematic universe. This looks like, well, the comics more so than the MCU. Yeah, I'd say so. I feel like they kind of separated a little bit from the MCU. Mm. And they obviously, uh, there's a lot of things in this, like, well, uh, character relationships, for example, play a massive role in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gotta build those friendships. <laughs> yeah, like it's an RPG, so there are like some base building mechanics, building relationships, upgrades, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's um, a lot of ability upgrades, and you can upgrade the base itself so that you can gain more abilities or increase rapport and stuff. Like you get a gift shop that will help you build up a friendship with another character. I heard there was a pretty funny gag in it involving a book club. Yes, there is. Um, you have extracurricular activities, is what, how they describe them, where you join like clubs for after missions. And Blades is he wants to um, he wants to impress Captain Marvel, so he starts a book club and then forces you to join it. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, I mean, who wouldn't want to impress Captain Marvel? <laughs> Carol rocks. Um, yeah. yeah. So what other RPG mechanics are in this game? Um, basically the, there's a level up system and ability skill tree. It's more centered around cards, but you um, gain a higher tier abilities as you level up. And as you go through missions and you just, you can custom, you can equip the characters with the certain skills and they have a limited number that they can have on their person, but mm-hmm. yeah, well, let's talk about the card mechanics because Marvel has actually had a, uh, surprisingly good run of luck with cards lately, uh, between this and Marvel snap. Um, so, uh, when I first saw that, I'm going to be completely honest. When I first saw the trailer, I was thinking I need to play this. And then I saw the card based mechanics and immediately thought, uh, never mind, because oh. I've never really, I've never really liked card based mechanics in games. Uh, slay the spire didn't really do anything for me. Uh, SteamWorld Quest, I I did not enjoy SteamWorld Quest. It's just not a style of game that has really appealed to me. Um, but it seems like the way that the cards are used in this in this in combat is much more engaging uh, than in some other games. Yes, it to me it felt like kind of playing a straight up just SRPG that's just turn based, but you just have limited mo- you have different moves depending on. The cards that you get instead of having everything readily available to you mm. and then you also have like area effect cards that help out with um you can throw enemies into walls or set off bombs to do damage and those are actually you gain point her heroes and points to do that in conjunction with just the ability cards and stuff so it's actually quite i thought it was very multi-layered can you walk us through how just like a, a general battle in this game would go. Basically, you'd pick a party of three characters. They do their slow-mo walk to the mission field, which is just awesome. <laughs> and then you have 
usually some kind of objective, like either defeat all enemies or protect a device or rescue civilians. Kind of depends on the situation. Uh And you have cards that'll either help you with that or just the random general ability cards to defeat enemies. And you draw hands every turn that you have. And you can pick up to a select number of cards, but then you also can like replenish the deck if you need to, or redraw if you really just don't like what you have in your hand. Okay, that's useful. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of just from there plays more to me like a traditional SRPG where it's you take your turns, the enemy takes their turns, then it goes back to you, and then you mm. keep going until the battle is over. Mm-hmm. There are, uh, I guess, well, there are bosses in every game, but in this game, it seems like they are supernaturally enhanced uh, Marvel villains. Yeah, I think the only one that's not super enhanced is Crossbones for some reason. (laughs) But (laughs) other than him... That's really funny to me, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Other than him, it's um, you're fighting often fallen versions of Marvel Marvel villains. Mm Mm-hmm. And occasionally a hero, but I'm not going to say who. Just, that's spoilers. Yes, I understand. Um, how are the, what, what, is there a twist on the boss battles? Uh, or is it pretty much a standard, a standard uh, fight? Generally, they have their own special abilities. Like, I know Sabretooth, he could fight, he could actually interrupt turns somehow. I wasn't mm-hmm. quite sure how he... And then um, Venom can immobilize people for a moment. And generally, they have like a longer health pool, so you have to knock them out more than once. Okay. In order to really get them to stay down. Well, it genuinely sounds like, uh, like again, when I saw the cards, I was worried that it was going to be very, very simplistic. I was worried that they were simplifying the uh, what looked to be a really, really good idea for a Marvel tactical RPG. But it sounds like the, the cards are in service of that. Uh, which is wonderful to hear. Um, But I mean, because it's a Marvel game, obviously an important part of Marvel are the characters and there's a lot of them. How's the acting in it? Excellent. The voice acting is, I think it carries the, definitely it carries the soundscape, I'd say, because I didn't think the music was, it was, it was okay, but it wasn't like standout. (laughs) Not unlike (laughs) the Marvel Cinematic Universe, actually. (laughs) But the voice acting was just phenomenal. I thought every character or actor hit their mark really well. Who was your favorite character? Magic. Although Blade, I ended up really liking Blade. <laughs> and Ghost, actually Ghost Rider ended up being one of my, like my MVP. Well, that's understandable. Mm-hmm. Um, Ghost Rider has a really, really good, a, a really good horror comic out right now. Um, it's it just, it's... It, I don't know. It's the kind of thing that Ghost Rider is one of those characters that periodically has like a run of comics that inevitably gets canceled because no one, no one really gets into Ghost Rider for some reason. But the latest one is very much more horror tinged than a lot, and it's really good. Um, and yes, magic is magic is freaking awesome. Magic as a character is someone who I keep feeling like she is such an interesting and engaging character. She should make a big break into the mainstream consciousness, but she hasn't done it yet. I think that if I was Disney, uh, magic would probably be high on my list of characters to include in the X-Men remake or the X-Men relaunch that's coming out 
at some point, will it be called X-Men? Will it be called something else? Who knows? But she has such an interesting backstory and such a, a great personality. Yeah, so. and they really dive into her storyline in it, which I really appreciated because I've loved her since New Mutants. First of, yep. So it's like, yay. Yeah. So I imagine there's a fair bit of, well, I mean, it's a horror comic, so I imagine that they do not shy away from the concept of Limbo. Oh, no. They actually fully embrace it, and even a certain character from Limbo shows up quite frequently in the story, which I thought was neat. Nice. Yep. Well, it's a shame about the music, but it's really nice to hear how the acting is. Who do you think is the best acted character in the game? Actually, probably Nico, who's she's from The Runaways. Yeah, I was actually going to ask about that because I, I think, I'm not sure about this, but I think that the actor playing Nico uh, is also- I believe also she was- the tv show yeah she's actually playing uh she's actually playing she played her on the tv show as well mm-hmm. so that that's a nice that's a nice catch i didn't watch the runaways tv show i've read the comic um and the, i mean the comics are fantastic um so that's really nice to, that's nice to hear that uh she gets to keep playing this character who i think that she obviously really enjoys uh playing mm-hmm. is she come back to do the voice work yes yeah, it's, it's nice when that happens because so many of these properties, like not just Marvel, but just in general, like when they go from one medium to another, or it's like a TV show and then it's a movie, like that. There's a lot of recasting that usually happens, so it's yeah. nice when they actually can keep some people consistent. That's true, but there are occasions where I think that the limit of the limits of voice acting are really showing off in uh, uh, Marvel's What If, the TV show. Because they do get a lot of the same voice actors, a lot of the same actors from the movie to come in and voice their characters. And uh, you very quickly learn that some Marvel actors are extremely gifted actors. They are not good voice actors at all. (laughs) Like Sebastian Stan uh, in the very first episode, it's uh, uh, what if Peggy Carter became a super soldier instead of Steve? And uh, so Bucky is in it and like Bucky shows up and he opens his mouth and you're like, Oh no, Sebastian Stan, you uh, definitely a, a, a sound alike should have been used here because you're terrible. You are terrible in this. I, I, you know, I don't know if I realized it was him. I've only seen the first couple of that, but uh, maybe, yeah, maybe that's I do why. also like Wolverine's voice actor, Steve Bloom. Does he and say? I think I think he does a lot of. Wolver- I think he's done Wolverine and other stuff too. I mean, maybe it's because I grew up in the '90s, but whenever I hear Wolverine, it's it's always the animated series Wolverine. If if no one if, does, he call anyone Bub at some point. He calls people kid a lot. And okay, Bub. I think he does call someone Bub at one point. Okay, I'm I'm like stuck on the uh, uh, on what if, and I'm just trying to I'm I'm looking like who is good and who is not. Haley Atwell. <laughs> Haley Atwell is excellent as Peggy Carter. Um, Dominic Cooper as Howard Stark is not great. Uh, Chadwick Boseman, obviously, as T'Challa is, you know, fantastic. Uh, Samuel Jackson, surprisingly good voice actor. I'm not, not surprisingly, but Benedict Cumberbatch, good voice actor. Mark Ruffalo, terrible, <laughs> terrible <laughs> as as Bruce Banner slash the Hulk. It's just like ah, oh. in some cases, it's it's obviously not, and like they they could not get uh they could not get uh, uh Robert Downey Jr. as Tony. So there's a voice, there is a voice alike actor uh, who plays Tony. And I think that I am glad that we do not get the potential of uh, Tony Stark, Robert Downey Jr. giving a bad performance of Tony Stark. (laughs) (laughs) Me too, actually. Anyway, uh, 
I, I really like what if it's my favorite comic series of all time. And I enjoyed the, I enjoyed this series quite a bit. Um, so yeah, like I said, uh, the funny thing about this game is that everyone who has really gotten to this game has kind of loved it. Uh, and that's been a big surprise. Like it really surprised you, didn't it, Audra? Yeah, I, I wasn't sure what to make of it. I hadn't played XCOM before and I hadn't played card based games either. So I was like, uh. but it ended up being a really enjoyable game. And I just, I spent so long just like exploring the base and everything and just building up rapports with all the superheroes that sometimes it took me forever to even get back to the battles, <laughs> which I mean, they're good, but I like the, I thought they did a really good job with the other stuff too. And you also have dogs and cats and it's just great. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, dogs and cats always make things. You were you were quite a uh, quite taken with the uh, reformed hellhound. Yes, Charlie, she's the best girl. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm really glad that you enjoyed this game, and I'm not going to lie. Like what other people have been saying, maybe go, maybe I should check this out. And then your review actually made me go, I should probably put this pretty high up on my backlog because this seems like the kind of game that I would really like because it's a Marvel game and it's a, apparently a very good Marvel game that rewards fans. Actually, that's another question I wanted to ask. If someone was to come into this without being a Marvel fan, like they they only had a, I mean, it's impossible for someone not to have a passing familiarity with the Avengers or anything like that nowadays. But if they had never read a comic before and weren't super familiar with the characters or their personalities, do you think they would enjoy this game as much? No, because I think it really does, it kind of banks on you having that familiarity. Okay. And it, like, it's it's very character driven. So if you don't have any like I guess fondness for the characters then you're not really gonna you're not so it's not gonna you're not gonna fall in well I guess you might fall in love with certain characters in this but it's a kind of game that really is uh it rewards you for knowing your stuff yeah I mean they'll even like mention characters that don't show up at all just to which I thought was a neat touch like um Nico will mention the other runaways and like Colossus gets mentioned a lot just because magic's like exasperated with him trying to be the big brother as she does um well I'm, I'm i'm really really glad that this is a good game i'm i was so worried about it and the fact that it turned out to be a surprise uh, a fairly, as i understand it a fairly surprise hit of 2022 yeah. it's nice to see well yeah. especially since like a few months before that it sounded like it wasn't going to come out last year and then they're oh, like, yeah, actually, they were... actually, wait, no, it's coming out in December. Last year was a good year for games. I don't yeah. care what people say. It was a good year for games. It was. Yep. I am. I'm mostly often like you uh, in terms of like card based games. So I, I had the same thing where I was like, not totally sure, but I did watch a friend of mine play it a couple of weeks ago. And uh, yeah, I'm impressed. Uh, the seeing him like run around the, the base area which is gigantic yes and you unlock it more of it as you progress just that's more what i more. like yeah like the the puzzles and how you like interact and like e e expand the area and i'm like okay all right this this sounds pretty cool to me so i didn't see a lot i saw i saw that i saw a little cut scene of um going outside and painting with blade which oh, is yeah. just beautiful um <laughs> and then a little bit of the battles which I mean, the battles, like I said, like that was the thing that was really like, I'm not sure this is going to be for me, but it doesn't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know how to articulate how it's different from other card based games, but I'm like, no, this looks fun. I think maybe it's because there's enough like interesting and weird things you can do in battle, like making portals and like throwing this guy through mm -hmm. here to go over there. And I don't know. Oh, it yeah, just looks like, like a lot of fun. Attacks yeah. Like just hilarious. It just seems like if you have 
the right abilities and right characters, like you could really do some like really weird and interesting things. So it's probably fun to just experiment. Mm-hmm. I'm curious, have either of you been at all tempted to try Marvel Snap? Um, oh, you haven't heard? Okay, Marvel no, Snap. No, I know, has, I've heard oh. of it, but I haven't even, I haven't looked into what it even is. So no. <laughs> uh, not really. It's just a card game, but apparently it is, it has a, an unbelievable level of depth for something that looks this simple. Um, mm. And then has become like, a, like, I mean, God, it was showing up on best, like game of the year lists. And I was like, what the heck is going on? It's a, it's a cheap little knockoff card game. And then apparently they just managed to hit gold with it. Wow. I wonder how long it'll last. I don't know, but I've been looking for a new game to play while I edit podcasts. And I'm looking at this and I'm like, this seems relatively simple. I could probably play this while I edit podcasts because my usual, my go-to is ticket to ride. Um, and there's only so much ticket to ride you can play <laughs> before you start hearing trains in your sleep. Um, well, let's, uh, let's take a jump now. Uh, we're going to take a jump from the Marvel universe to a fantastical place full of monsters and aliens, Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So this is coffee talk, uh, coffee talk. It might be one of the most accurately titled games of the last few years. Uh, it's, it's, you're talking over coffee. So, uh, this came out in 2020 and, uh, Weirdly, we didn't have a review for it, which is strange because it's one of, Mike, it's one of your favorite games of the last few years. Um, So we decided to give the task to Audra uh, to review it. Um, So yeah, you're you're the owner of a coffee shop in a fantasy world version of Seattle, and you are making latte art for your regulars, all of whom happen to be uh, supernatural beings that are dealing with uh, relatable modern problems. So uh, Audra, how did you enjoy it? I loved it. I thought it was so charming and relaxing and just cute and touching all at once. It was just, it was very nice. It's the kind of game that's very cozy that you can play, like wrapped up in a blanket and stuff. It's funny, when the game came out, uh, (laughs) when the game came out three years ago, uh, it got some, it got a mixed reception, but it seems like uh, since then, critical opinion has uh, shifted over to, it being a, a fantastic game, like people really, really enjoy Coffee Talk. It's become one of the an indie sleeper hit in the last few years. Uh, Mike, when was the first time you played it? Uh, at launch, believe it or not, I played a game at launch. Um, so yeah, I came. I think it was February 2020. It came out, um, and then you know, not to not to spend too much time on this, but you know, something happened the month after that. And it turns out that that was a really, really perfect time to sit down and play a relaxing, cozy uh, visual novel at home. So I don't like it just for that, but I, I will. I do have fond memories of you know playing this game at a really strange time in everyone's lives. I'm like, you know what? This is this is the game that I really need right now. I love when a game or a book or a movie or something hits at exactly the right time yeah. and you associate it with that, and you're just like, wow, that was a that was a lifesaver floating in the yes. in the water. I mean, I don't like it just for that reason. I just, I just, I really do think the timing of that was interesting. So I appreciate it for that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Audra, what did you like about it? I just, I love the characters, and well, I'm a huge coffee fan in general. So getting to learn about all these different <laughs> recipes and stuff because they actually will come in and have them ask request certain drinks that are like native to different countries and everything. It was just really interesting. Do you think that you could make some latte art after playing it? No, my latte art was described as cute. (laughs) (laughs) 
I mean, it could a be cute worse. Attempt. Yeah. yeah. It's like, oh, really? This is latte art, huh? In the trailers, it looks so easy. I know. And then mine is like a little circle square thing. Uh, how does the game play? Like, it looks like it. I haven't played Coffee Talk. It looks like a very interesting mix between a visual novel and a latte art simulator. That's pretty accurate. You're basically, you talk to the customers, they request certain drinks, and then you try to make them with the ingredients you have on hand. And you have a little manual to follow for known recipes and stuff that you can go to if you need to. And basically, that's kind of the gist of the gameplay really i i do like that your your drink recipes once you discover them are just in the like your little you know coffee yes, app on your phone helpful. yeah mm-hmm. which is kind of cute um i mean the game's presentation is extremely i guess homey would be a way like it features some just fantastic pixel art uh portraits of the characters um what do you make of the art style i thought it was really eye-catching and just pretty I, yeah. it fit for the setting and the story tone that they were going for i think yeah, because while these, while your patrons are supernatural beings, like there's a vampire, there's a werewolf, there's a, I think there's a squid creature, but they are not like you would expect them to look from horror. They are very modern world kind of designs. Mm-hmm. Like the, the squid creature, she's like wearing glasses and is concerned with like an indie game development, which I thought was really cute. Oh, yeah, she's adorable. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I, I really think like just the art and the backgrounds, like the setting and the atmosphere, like I really think they nailed it. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, the idea, I, I do think it's funny that it's in, it's in Seattle, but it's meant to be modern day. So it's like just an alternate, like Seattle 2020. Uh, and I guess it's in real time since the sequel is meant to be Seattle 2023. But no, I mean, like, just, even when there's one or two characters, like there's even parts where like someone leaves and like all you're looking at for a moment is like the background, but you have, you see the rain and the silhouettes of people walking outside and just it, they just got the, got the mood just right. Yeah. It's has a very good aesthetic. Yeah. And like, just even like things, you know, I, I also love coffee. I love coffee shops and like, especially when you find one that has just cool like decor and the right vibe and, you know, I like the little shelves in the wall and little things on the shelf. Like it just, it feels. It felt homey. You know, just like one of those homey, like local coffee places. So that, I, I don't know, all of that's important. Like I noticed all those details. So that was fun. And as I understand it, Seattle is a uh, a bit of a coffee town. Oh yeah, a little bit. <laughs> yep. um, well, you were both talking about the vibe of the game. And I would argue from what I have read that a very important part of the vibe of the game is the music uh, of Coffee Talk. Um, now generally this is considered to be, uh, I, I looked it up. So it's, it's called lo-fi chill hop. Um, and what does that mean? I will tell you, cause I looked it up. Uh, it's like a chilled out jazzy soundtrack that includes hip hop beats. So it's the kind of thing that creates an atmosphere. Like, you know, that meme of the girl listening to music on her headphones while she's studying, she's probably listening to the soundtrack of coffee talk. Yeah. Like that's kind of what she's Most talking likely. about. At least yeah. when she's not busy, like appearing as DLC in Rocket League. She appears as DLC in Rocket League? There's there's some DLC. There's some lo-fi girl like DLC in Rocket League now, yeah. <laughs> oh, lo-fi girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because that's what I think of when I think lo-fi vibes. I right. think Rocket League. Okay, well, hey, it's IP. I guess it's up for grabs. Uh, maybe she'll be the next character on Multiverses. Um, so... I was thinking that is like just as trying something out, uh, since we have Mike here, who is the host of Rhythm Encounter, uh, 
I thought that we would do like a little mini version of Rhythm Encounter to give uh, the listeners of random kind of a feel for what uh, rhythm is like. And I can't think of a better game to do this with than Coffee Talk. So, Mike, uh, why don't you tell us what is the format of the of the of an average episode of Rhythm Encounter? It's pretty simple. We everyone who comes on brings on a couple uh, songs for whatever the topic is. So sometimes it's a it's a theme, um, like a you know, we've done a couple like summer episodes. So like people, it's it's we try to we like the ones that are kind of open like that, where it's really open to interpretation. Like, what does summer in an RPG mean to you? And we get some really interesting picks. Uh, sometimes we'll pick. You know, we have some focus on a certain composer or things like that, or maybe a certain series. So we try to mix it up. We try to have a, a variety of like series and composer and other more broad themes. So, but basically people will bring on music for whatever the topic is, and then we all listen to it and everyone like shares their thoughts on, you know, basically just what they think about it. And also especially for the theme ones, like why, like, you know, why did I pick this song to represent this topic? So we always have some really interesting conversations about music and why we like it and what it means to us. So, yeah, obviously yeah. I feel very strongly about Rhythm Encounter. Yes. And another reason I'm doing this is because uh, Rhythm Encounter recently has hit a milestone episode. Yeah. Yeah. We just posted our hundredth episode, which is really big for us. Ooh. I know we're not at 350 well retro encounters way past 350 already but you know you you guys have done 350 250 episodes so we're at 100 so we're we're a baby compared to the other shows but um it's still really exciting um we had uh you know steven and derek were part of rpg fan when we launched the show 10 years ago now and um you know, they, they've moved on. They both work in localization in the game industry now, but they both came back for the episode. So we talked, you know, we didn't reminisce too much, but, you know, we talked about how the show came to be and why why it got started and how we continue the tradition today. And um, it, it ended up almost becoming like a secondary music, music of the year episode because mm. that was episode 99 was music of the year with the staff. And then me and Steven and Derek also brought on stuff we liked from last year. So, yeah, a lot of good 2022 music in the last couple episodes. Yeah, so I highly recommend that uh, people check those out. But if you want to know what to expect, let's give you a little taste. So, Audra, what song did you pick for today? I picked Tenderhearted from the Coffee Talk soundtrack. That is awesome. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to give it a listen. And by give it a listen, I mean we're going to play it uh, so you can listen to it too. And then we're going to have a little talk about the song. So uh, we will see you back here in about six minutes.
I just, I love the feel of this song. It's mellow and relaxing and kind of like soft and just really, I don't know. There's something about it that's, there's like a reflective quality to it that I really like. I feel like the title Tenderhearted is actually quite apt for how it makes me feel when I'm listening to it. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if I could pinpoint like which scenes any particular song is used in. Maybe I need to play again to see if I can like relate them to certain characters. I'm not sure if that's the case. I think some are. I think some songs might be more for certain characters. But I also like that you could um, pick which songs you wanted to play at a given time. Yeah, that's true. Your little in-game, you know, music app on your phone again. Mm-hmm. It's a little, it's a very small little thing, but I always appreciate it because the the composer, the composer is Andrew Jeremy, and then oh man, I'm blanking. What he like mix, they like mix up some of the letters in the game. So, you know, I guess Andrew Jeremy doesn't exist in alternate Seattle, but like, do you remember what it is, Audra? Jim. Like they like they swap the A and the J or some other letters yeah. around. So it's like it's like a like a you know alternate reality Andrew Jeremy in game, which is I just think a cute little touch. J. Rendrew. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> something some, like something that. weird like that. Yeah. Well, it's, it's interesting that you mentioned the app because uh, ignoring what the song itself does for me, which I'll talk about in a minute, uh, I think the role that this song and the rest of the music play in the game is very important because I can easily imagine this playing in the background of like a late night coffee shop. It fits with the vibe and the setting of the game. And I mean, uh, I think that this is a game primarily about conversation and talking with people. And I don't feel like it would have been effective if the music was pulling the focus or your attention. I think that the brilliance of this soundtrack and this song is that it complements the action of the game without drawing attention to itself in the moment. Yep. Yes. Absolutely. Right. It accentuates it. Yeah. And I mean, since you're the, since you're the owner of the coffee shop and you're the barista, you can also be the DJ. Mm -hmm. Like I really see why so many people love this soundtrack. Uh, and love listening to this soundtrack because it is like I, I've listened to some of the other songs from Coffee Talk too. It's just a, it's a killer soundtrack. It's really really great. Um, and in this particular case, Tenderhearted is, I feel like it's complex enough that it will it can stimulate your mind while also being simple enough not to pull focus from your thoughts. So it's like it's not just good studying music, which it is. It's also good thinking music, or it's just something nice to have on in the background where you're trying to relax because it will. Uh, I think it will exactly what I said stimulate your stimulate your mind and stimulate ideas. Very true. Yeah, I'm not really sure where you, where you would land on actually wanting to play the game, Jono, but um, I definitely enjoyed it. I, I have I have way more visual novels that I want to play than I've actually played. But so the fact that I actually went through and played this and saw it through to uh, all of its endings uh, says a lot. Yeah, I I loved it, but um, I do like my visual novels. <laughs> I've heard well, that. Yeah. <laughs> every once in a while you'll you'll review one and by every once in a while I mean every like 6 or 7 days. <laughs> yeah, the amount of your your visual novel uh output is immense. Um I kind of let me see. I, I'm trying to think about um the way I feel about this game and its vibes are okay, I'm getting into the weeds here just like uh, this is something I used to do when I was an actor. Uh like I, you know, memorizing lines is 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 boring as crap. Um, it just is because while well, you like, I used to figure out like how how I interpreted my line readings in the moment with other people. When you're sitting there and you're like reading your lines over and over again to try to get them into your head, it can be boring. So what I used to do is whenever I would be uh, memorizing a scene or working on a scene by myself, I would always try to pick a song that 
I felt was the right match between the vibe of the song and the vibe I wanted to give off in the scene. Um, and that way, like when I actually performed it, it, it like I might be able to communicate some of that vibe without actually even thinking about it. Uh, and that's kind of how I feel about this particular song and the soundtrack in general. It's a vibe. It gives you a feeling throughout the entire game. Like, it's like, uh, let me see. I'm trying to think of an analogy. Um, I can see how the music is helping the story along um, in a way that something more fast-paced and, and like, a very fast-paced wouldn't. Um, it would change the, the dynamic and the, the tempo of the game. Uh, and I feel like this game will, I haven't played it, but based on what I've seen and what you've told me, I feel like it has a very deliberate tempo to it. Um, and that because of that, you want the music to be lo-fi. You want the music to kind of have that, it's night feel. It's not like heavy. It's not super fast. It's, it, this is a place to relax and calm down and reflect on things. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, uh, yeah. So, uh, that's the kind of thing that we talk about on, on uh, Rhythm Encounter. Um, it's just that it, that's that kind of show. It's we we listen to songs, we we talk about what they how we feel about them, um, and how the how the song behaves in a game, like how it works. Um, and I I think Mike that you do an amazing job with the show. And I also think that there are some really really great music video game music YouTubers out there. I mean, you had one on the sh- well, you didn't. Hillary had one on the show uh, a few months ago. Eight uh, Bit Music Theory. Um, who de- whose YouTube channel is just fantastic. Yeah. But I, I, I can't think of any other show on YouTube or in podcasting that does quite what Rhythm Encounter does and uh, the, the way that it goes into these songs. Um, and that's why I think that you guys deserve more listeners because I think this is the kind of thing that a lot of people would be really interested in if they found it. Well, thank you. Yeah. Um, actually, if, if we are going to, if you are going to say that, I do want to mention a couple because I actually have been doing that myself. Like, been please going out and looking, and you know, I I don't know if we'll maybe we can talk to them one day, and maybe we'll collaborate with some others. But um, there's a show called Rhythm and Pixels, which uh, interestingly started in twenty either 2013 or 2014. Actually, really, actually, no, maybe it's a little later. Maybe it's 2015. But they're not a whole lot younger than Rhythm Encounter. Um, but they they do a similar thing too. Um, it's it's like two guys, two real life friends, and it's just the two of them on every show. Sometimes they have guests, but um, yeah, I just stumbled across them a few months ago, and I think they're great. They don't just do RPGs like we do, but uh, they definitely like their RPGs. So it, it's definitely a good show. I would like to see if we can get them on our show at some point because they're a lot of fun and have some interesting topic ideas too. Cool. So. Oh, also listen uh, to Rhythm Encounter. I know you were doing that as like me to be like, hey, you know, listen to our show, but also listen to them because they're both good. It's, I mean, music, video game music, RPG music, adventure game music, all of this music, I find it to be, for me, one of the best force multipliers I can think of when it comes to writing or creativity. Like just if I put on a really good song in the background, I can't have lyrics. If I have lyrics, I, it pulls my focus. Oh, but like absolutely. Good, yeah. yeah. But if it's like a good chip tune or a good orchestral piece, or just any piece like that, but with with just music, it really stimulates my creativity uh, in a way that's like in the background. So it's a force multiplier. I just seem to do better work when it's there. Hmm. Maybe that should be a future topic. <laughs> it's like it uh, short circuits my critical thinking and instead just allows the words to flow. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. I mean, coffee talk. I actually checked. 
I'm not sure if this counts all of my listens because I don't look at this a lot anymore, but I know I've, I've listened to the Coffee Talk soundtrack like all the way through between, you know, 50, 60 times. So, mm-hmm. well, it's not a secret anymore that, Audrey, you very, very much enjoyed Coffee Talk. And uh, it has a sequel coming out in, well, maybe in 2023, we hope. Hey, hopefully. Yeah. So uh, obviously, if I'm looking for someone to review that game, I might tap you just to give you a heads up way ahead okay. of time. <laughs> Unless, Mike, you want to review it. Oh, yeah. Oh, I don't know. Maybe Audra and I can fight fight for it. <laughs> I don't know why I didn't review this one in 2020. I wasn't doing anything like, you know, overseeing a redesign of a 20-year-old website or something. Oh, maybe that's why I didn't review it. That yeah. plus what happened in, you know, March. I feel like yeah. maybe you had a couple of things on your plate. I always have but, a couple uh, of things on my plate. <laughs> you always have a couple of things on your plate. You're working very hard to... Uh, to keep the site going and to give everyone as good an experience as possible. And hey, as, as the audience, you know, a way that you could probably help us do that. You can, uh, you can support us. And one of the best ways to support us here at RPG fan is through our store. Uh, Mike, what kind of things do we sell in our RPGfan.com shop? You know, we have all the necessities. We have RPG fan stickers and onesies and pillows. I was trying to pick all the things that are not the obvious things, but, <laughs> but of course we have, we have t-shirts, we have some hoodies. Um, actually I'll mention it now, even though I haven't actually mentioned this officially anywhere else, but um, just briefly uh, this year is actually our 25th anniversary. So if you're going on the site now, you'll see that we have a special logo up and uh, at some point soon, I want to get that logo out and maybe have some 25th anniversary merchandise probably in the same category. So there'll be like a special logo on the shirt. You can get a 25th anniversary mug, stuff like that. And I only want to sell those, you know, during this year. So I want those Mm. to be a limited time thing. So that will be coming up. I think that would be fun. I think so too. Yeah. Okay. So if you uh, are, if you were thinking about uh, trying to figure out a way you could support us at RPG fan and support the whole site. Yeah. The, the shop I think is the way to go. So you can find it at www.rpgfan.com slash shop. Um, Another way you can support us is just to keep listening to our stuff. So like I said, this is the 259th episode of Random Encounter. Uh, We obviously have many more in the backlog. Uh, If you have a favorite game that has come out in the last few years, there might be a chance that we had talked about it on an episode of Random. So uh, go back and take a look at that. And uh, I'm pretty proud of some of the past episodes that we've done. So we have some big things planned uh, for 2023 as well. So uh, obviously keep 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 us in your subscription feed. Uh, but this is not the only podcast we have here at RPG fam. We have two others. We have retro encounter, uh, which is hosted by Mr. Mike Solosi posted, uh, weekly. We just had the year of the Pokemon episode where the panel discusses the last 12 months of Pokemon games, because there were a surprisingly large number of Pokemon games in the last year. Um, and then next week we're going to have the Xeno series fantasy draft episode. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I've seen, I've seen the slate of what Solosi has coming up, and there are some pretty exciting episodes, including something that Mike and I are very excited about. I don't know if we can talk about it yet, though. I don't think we can, but I'm, I'm happy about that one. Yes, I am too. So Mike and I are going to be, we have, we are very excited about something that's going to be happening in February. <laughs> um, and uh, another episode, another podcast that we have here on RPG Fan is one that we talked about extensively, and that is Rhythm Encounter, which is RPG Fan's music podcast. And seeing as we have the host here, Mike, what do we have coming up for Rhythm Encounter over the next few weeks? So if if you're a really, really ardent listener of Rhythm Encounter, you'll know that I'm about to contradict myself only because we recently 
it behind the scenes swap to the next two episodes. But uh, next week, we're doing an episode on transportation themes. So, you know, RPGs have all kinds of transportation, uh, airships and water ships and spaceships and things that aren't ships. Um, so, yeah, so we have an episode on transportation themes. And I'm also really excited after that, we're doing one on the Xeno series. Wow. I don't know if you can really call them all a series, but we basically open it up to any anything that starts with Xeno uh, is free game. That'll be fun. What I really want to know about the future of Rhythm Encounter is the next time we're going to be able to get Jono on the show. What, what Jono, topic do we yeah. have to do to get you back on the show? <laughs> oh, geez, that's a good question. Uh, well, I mean, off the top of my head, there is one series that I, I know very, very well that is well <laughs> known for its karaoke songs and... Uh, other things like that, that I would not mind hosting an episode or being on an episode, probably with Solosi if this episode ever did happen. Okay. All right. Yes. That should, that should happen. Yes, it, it should happen. Uh, yeah. Like a, like a rhythm encounter. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, that might happen in the future. Um, if you'd like to get in contact with us here at Random Encounter, uh, you can fire me off a message at podcast at rpgfan.com. I would love to hear from you. Uh, if you have any ideas for future episodes or discussion questions, we love those. Anything you'd like to share, uh, please fire me off a message. Uh, if you'd like to send me an email, you can do so at jloganrpgfan.com. Or, and I am going to double check that this is how you do this because I I am just one second here. Okay. Uh, yeah, okay. So if you are on Mastodon, I am at Logan. At social. I think that's how you do it. Um, <laughs> I think. So yeah, I, uh, I'm at John O'Logan at social. Uh, and you can find my account there and you can find that I have posted absolutely nothing yet. But I am hopeful that uh, Mastodon will be taking off any day now. Um, because I kind of miss my Twitter fix, but not enough to actually go back on Twitter. Uh, I'm not the only one on uh, this podcast with a fairly sad online presence at the moment, Mastodon. Uh, Audra, where can we find you online? Oh, um, Audra B at RPGFan.com. Cool. And Mike, where can we find you? So the best way to reach me would be Mike at RPGFan.com. Although if you also want to email me about anything Rhythm Encounter or music or music-based, then you can use music at RPGFan.com. I think you two should get on the Mastodon train. This thing is leaving the <laughs> station. We are... Okay, I'm I'm being mean, but to be completely honest, it's pretty cool. It just it's it reminds me a lot of what Twitter used to be before Twitter became well, I'm, not before it became accessible. Twitter's always been a cesspool. Uh, before, <laughs> before you're not before, selling this. Before the cesspool became poisonous. What? So it, isn't a cesspool? It, okay, all right. Okay, it's like a okay. If Twitter was a swamp, now it's like a swamp that has toxic waste in it. Oh, I see. Okay, yeah. So Mastodon is the is the pre swamp. There's post swamp. Well, hold on. You said it was a train. Now it's a swamp. Like those it's are a, really it's a different. Train, it's a train going through a swamp. Oh, like are the tracks like actually going into the liquid? Because I feel like the train would get stuck. Well, yeah, but then you just get saved into suplex it out. Oh, okay. I was about to say that kind of sounded like that scenario. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, uh, ignoring mixed metaphors. If you enjoy this podcast, if you. If you can possibly enjoy this podcast after that exchange, please share it with your friends. Help us get the word out there. And you can rate us on iTunes or other podcast players of choice. Uh, Audra and Mike, thank you so much for joining me uh, today and for uh, doing this little this little segment on uh, Rhythm Encounter, which was an awful lot of fun. 
Yeah, I enjoyed it. it I didn't great. even know that you wanted to do that until like very, very recently. <laughs> so uh, I, I, I should put it out here that I did not put you up to that. That was your own idea. Yes, I am. Mike does not. Mike does not play us all like puppets uh, here at uh, RPG Fan. Oh. We, we occasionally have our own ideas. Okay. <laughs> I'm curious who I do play like a puppet. Mm-hmm. Oh, the rest of them. Oh. Uh, and <laughs> and if, except for, except for one, and that's of course the, the the puppet master behind you, the dark puppet master, and that is of course Hillary. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm gonna let her know about that title. I'll see how she feels about that. <laughs> the dark puppet master of RPG Fan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Audra, thank you for joining us too. Oh, it was fun. Uh, and for all of you out there, uh, whatever you're playing, have fun. <laughs>